Good afternoon. God is making a masterpiece. We all are God's masterpiece. And I must say, the Holy Spirit is at work. Because Kiona didn't have an idea of the sermon today. But yet, her song, her special song, was the making of a masterpiece. Because the potter is still working with the clay. The pastor is still working with the clay. Because that's what we are. We are clay in the potter's hand. Let us pray. Our Lord, our God, our Father, we thank you for grace and mercy. Father, we thank you for your love. Father, you love us in spite of us not loving you. And that's what real love is. Father, we thank you for the cross. We thank you for Calvary, dear God. But above all, we thank you for the resurrection. Because if you had stayed dead, then there would have been no hope. Thank you, dear God. Lord, hide me behind you. Nobody don't have to know what you and I know today, dear Lord. Just hide me behind you, please. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. A broken people. A broken people. And today's scripture is taken from Isaiah 64, verse 8. And the word of the Lord says, But now, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you are the potter. And all we are are the works of your hand. You see, we didn't make ourselves. But we have a maker. If you would allow me this afternoon to let my imagination run a little while, a little freely. I used to enjoy Disney growing up. On the sixth day of creation, everything was done. You know, the oceans and the animals and, you know, you can just look at the landscape and just the green grass, the beautiful flowers, the sweet aroma, the white-capped mountains, the rivers and the stream. Imagine that little jackrabbit just running and jumping all over the place. And God look at everything and said it was beautiful but there was one missing part of creation man and i can imagine 
from the fertile soil. God got a lump. And the great potter, the great architect went to work. The great designer on his masterpiece. I can just imagine he moistened that clay and he kneaded it like Sister Pena kneaded that dough to make that bread, that delicious bread. I can just imagine God stretching it out, stretching out that clay and going to work. I can imagine God just carving without a carving knife, just his delicate hands working on that clay. I can just imagine God fashioning it the way he wanted. Because remember he said, let us, the Godhead said, let us make man in our image. Not in anything else, but in our image. I can just imagine the passion and the intimacy that God put in that lump of clay that he was working with. I can imagine, like I do sometimes, I take a peek when my wife is not looking and just say, oh, all that is mine. I can just imagine God looking on, on, on that piece of clay that he has fashioned. I can just imagine God looking at it and see perfection because there was no flaws. But it was just clay. And I can just imagine when God knelt. Because it's the first time in creation that God actually got physical. Because everything else he called into being. But this time God went to work. He put his shoulders to the wheel. And he worked the soil. I can just imagine. Now remember now. That's just clay. And I can just imagine when God knelt over. And breathed in the nostril of the clay. As he breathed himself life into that clay. It started turning skin. And on the inside, the bones start forming and the muscles start wrapping around the bones and uh, the blood vessels and the organs and the brain and the bone. Everything came into being. And the man became a living soul. I can imagine God had conversation with Adam, like I would say with my friends, God, hold a vibes with Adam. I can just imagine God laid out everything to Adam while he was giving Adam full responsibility because Adam is the masterpiece that God was made, was God intend to make before he even made Adam. And I can just imagine after God and Adam had a beautiful worship session and God laid down everything. The great 
physician put Adam to sleep. The anesthesiologist put the man to sleep and he took the rib. He took the rib for a purpose and he fashioned Adam a wife. I can just imagine when Adam saw the beauty of Eve and they were perfect. But after a while, something went wrong. Something went wrong after a while. And perfection was not there anymore. Sin now entered the courts. And today, we're a broken people in a broken world. But all is not lost. Because he who used that lump of clay to form the man, he who turned clay into life, the great potter is still at work. We are broken and we know for a fact that we are broken. We know. It's no secret. Every last one of us are broken. So that's not the problem. The problem is, do we want to be fixed? And yes, we want to be fixed. But who do we want to fix us? Who do we want to fix us? Do we want the great potter who made us from the clay to fix us? Or do we want to take fixing ourselves into our own hands? The plastic surgeons are living good. The plastic surgeons, they live in the hills. I, I, like to, I like to watch um, Home Improvement and, and all those uh, reality shows. And when, when they show up in the Hollywood Hills, that's where the plastic surgeons live. They live in, in shopping malls that they call homes. Because broken people want to be fixed. But it doesn't matter how good the plastic surgeon is. Flaws are there. And some of the flaws cannot be corrected. Some of the flaws cannot be corrected. Because only he who had turned the clay into life can fix it. Growing up, a cousin of mine, he was a potter. And he was a very interesting person. Very, very interesting person. He wasn't a socialite or anything like that. But he attracted people outside of the community, outside of the hood. Because people would always come in. The aristocrats would come in to buy his pottery. These people would never come into the hood 
if it wasn't for the potter? No. These people wouldn't leave the good side of town to come into my neck of the hood if it wasn't for the potter. You see, when my cousin, he got all the control over that clay until that clay goes in the fire. When it goes in the fire, if it doesn't come out the way he hoped it would, he would have to destroy it. Well, usually that's what he would do. He would break it. He's not going to let his work, defective work, go out. So he would destroy it. We are broken but the great potter want to fix us, not destroy us. John 3, 16, 17 said, because it's not God's will for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. The potter wants to fix us, but do we want to be fixed? Are we so into how we are right now that I'm okay with the way I am. With time, I will be okay. Or do we want to be fixed right now? You see, the potter will not chase us around for one reason. We are an ungrateful bunch. I don't know if you have ever have to deal with this, but you have done something for someone who was in need. They didn't beg you anything. But you saw the need and you took care of the need only for that person to tell you, me never asked you. Me never ask you. In English, I did not ask you. Because <laughs> that's how we are. But when we submit ourselves to the potter, tell him I'm broken and I need you to fix me. Without hesitation, he will fix me. He will fix you. He wants us to be saved. We are a broken people. There's so much going on in this world today. This world is a broken world. And we are broken with the world. But we don't have to stay in the broken world broken. We have a choice. We have a choice. Matter of fact, do we know that we have a choice? Or are we just going with the flow? Going with the flow? 
This COVID have rocked every last one of us. Every last one of us. If nothing ever broke us before, I know this COVID broke every last one of us. When this thing first came in, it horrified me. You see, the things that fear me the most is the things that I don't know about. The things that I don't have any control over. Those are the things that I am afraid of. Am I still afraid of it? Um, I think it has grown up on me. And I'm, I'm still taking precaution. I don't leave anything to chance. But I don't think I'm afraid of it. Like when it just came out and I didn't know what it was. Our broken world can be fixed. And the broken people can be fixed. Because the Lord wants to fix every last one of us. You see... Us, especially Seventh-day Adventists, I think, I think, please do not hold me, but I think we have gotten to a point where nothing is serious anymore. Nothing is serious. And why do I say this? It's because we were given we were given a light. We were given a message of hope for the broken world. Every last one of us were given a responsibility to help the broken world. But somewhere or another, we got consumed by the broken world and became a part of the broken world. There's so much that's happening around us, but at the same time, it's like we are on a vacation. It's like we are in control of what is going on. And what is going on is controlling us. Do we really take the time out Do we really take the time out with all that the Lord has entrusted us with We have everything not to go to hell But it seems as if we are finding every reason to go to hell. When I, because I still follow the news and I do a lot of reading in my spare time. You know, when you're a city worker, sometimes you have a lot of time on your hand. 
And I do a lot of reading when I have a lot of time on my hand. And when I look, especially on this abortion issue, this abortion issue, this is where we are as a nation, as a people, where life doesn't matter anymore. Demonstrations are all over about this issue. Young ladies, especially the young ladies, and I'm not, I'm not being bashing or nothing, but it's something that we have to, we have to face the reality. These young ladies especially, because they're not the only one. They go out and they party and they have a good time. And then this is where it ends up. It's a reflection of our nation. The president was in Rome holding court with the pontiff on the 29th of October. And the people, the people, the Roman Catholics over there, they gave him a very cold welcome. Because they are not about that. You know the same Roman Catholic that us Seventh-day Adventists bash over the head with hammers? They were totally against the president for his stand on abortion. But yet, the leader of the nation supports abortion in the country. We are not in a good standing right now. We are a broken, broken, real broken people. Sister White, Testimony to the Churches, Volume 5. Page 211, verse 2, she said this. Here we see that the church, the Lord's sanctuary, was the first to feel the stroke of the wrath of God. The ancient men to whom God have given great lights, who had stood as guardians of the spiritual interests of the people, had betrayed their trust. I said what I said before about the abortion and all of those things because I hear other denominations going against it. I'm not saying, a disclaimer, I'm not saying we are not going against it, but I have never heard it. I'm a Seventh-day Adventist, and I will never bash Seventh-day Adventists. But sometimes we need a wake-up call. We need a wake-up call. They had taken the position that we need not look for miracles and manifestation of God's power as in the former days. This is what we have come down to. She said, time has changed. These words strengthen the unbeliever. The Lord will not do good, neither will he do evil. Sister White is saying, 
the commandment keepers will be saying that the Lord is too merciful to visit judgment on his people. She's not talking about anybody else. She's talking about the commandment keepers. She gone on to say, Thus peace and safety is the cry from men who will never again lift up their voice like the trumpet and show God's people their transgression. The trumpet. When, when I read that, my mind went all over the place because of the trumpet. We were given a trumpet. We were given a trumpet. Three trumpets. And the Lord sent three of his servants to blow these trumpets that we were supposed to be blowing today. Selective messages, and you know, you can do the research for yourself. Selective messages, page 385, paragraph 2. Sister White said, a company was presented to me before in the name of Seventh-day Adventists who were advising that the banner or the sign which make us distinctive people should not be held out. I know we're probably getting a little uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable. You see, this that we have here, this is not what we should have here. No. We were given, we were given a banner. We were given a significant banner. When you see a Honda Accord outside, you know it's a Honda Accord because it got a Honda Accord logo. When you see a Toyota, it doesn't matter what brand Toyota, when you see that logo, you know it's a Toyota. When you see a logo, it speaks of its own brand. Today, we have something else. This is what she said, why, the, why, why this must not be there anymore. For they claim it was not the best policy in securing success for our institutions. So in other words, for success, for the Seventh-day Adventist institutions, this has to be taken down. The three angel message, the logo with the three angels must be taken down. She continued. This distinctive banner is to be borne through the world to the close of probation. In describing the remnant people of God, John says, here is the patient of the saints. Here are they who keep the command of God and the faith of Jesus. 
This is the law and the gospel. The world and the churches are uniting in harmony, in transgressing the law of God, in tearing away God's memorial, and in exalting of a Sabbath that bear the, signif the signature of man's sign. We know whom carries the cross wherever they go through history. Never liked the subject in school, but was always fascinated by the subject. The world came to its knees under the, under the banner of the cross. The Roman Empire brought the world on its knees in the name of Jesus Christ. But they were never of Jesus Christ. We are a broken people. Brothers and sisters, I'm going to close off here because of the time. What we did today, we had to do it, and therefore the time run off. But my question to you today, are you broken? Do you know you are broken? But the biggest of the three questions, do you know you can be fixed? Thank you. God bless you all.
Father, Lord, O oh God, as we depart from your sanctuary, let us never depart from you. Amen. Keep us, dear Father. Please, O oh Lord, please keep your hedge of protection around us. And as we walk in a broken world, fix us, please, O oh God, that we can help others to come to the great potter who can fix us all. Father, we thank you and we bless your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated, please.